All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome listeners to the Financial Security 360 podcast brought to you by Mulcane Co. We're up to episode 41 guys, so um, thanks for joining us once again. Um, I'm back in sunny Geelong today, you're, well, you're welcomed here by host Gavin Nash, that's me. I'm at, in sunny Geelong, um, back again with uh, Warren Freeman from Cosine Free Home Loans. How are you, Was I'm very well, thank you, Gavin. Good That's to good. see you. Thanks for coming along. My pleasure. I feel like you're a bit of an expert at this now, mate. We've got one under our belt. This is our second one, so um, with you in particular. So how are you feeling? Comfortable? Feeling very comfortable, thank you. It's not always a comfortable thing putting headphones on, speaking into a mic, so I always like to make sure everyone knows what they're doing and they're comfortable, mate. That's good. Um, very comfortable, Gavin. Very good. Very <laughs> good. Very good. Um, last time, Warren, we spoke about your team, because I'm free, jo- joining the Mulcahy Group. So um, I assume everything's going along smashingly there, mate. Everyone's sort of moved into the office and you've got, still got a couple f- working from home, I think, too. Yes. Um, COVID's been a, a little bit of a distraction and we had uh, one lady coming back tomorrow, but it's now had a close contact on the weekend. So uh, you've got to spend seven days at home yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so we yeah. just roll with all of that. But um, Can't do much about it, really. Uh, like I think everyone's dealing with it. I think the AFL starts this weekend, so um, we're recording this on the on the Thursday. And you know, I think Hawthorne's going to miss a couple of players because they've same thing, close contacts, living with other players that have got it. So the AFLW, I think they've put that off. The game's been put off a week or two um, for the same reason. So I think we're living with COVID, mate. That's all it's we can part do. Part of life now that we're all getting used to, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, Warren. This is great um, to talk about something today that I think will really be of heavy interest to a lot of our listeners. Um, the, uh, the topic for today is called family pledge loans or limited guarantees. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to frame this was by saying what it used to be. So we always used to call this as another signatory on your home loan or a guarantor, but really we're talking about family helping other family members get into the property market. I think the moment the property market's so hot, you know, things have sort of risen a bit more in, in COVID times. Getting but harder also, and harder, isn't it, Gavin? Well, it's just getting a lot... There's a lot more outlay for that first home buyer. Um, you might be able to say, oh, they can buy something smaller or an apartment or something else, but you've got to be able to live in it. You know, it's got to be in a location that you can work and live in. So I think family being able to help family, it's, it's a nice way to be. Yeah, and the word guarantor immediately puts dread and fear into most people because we've all heard the bad stories about guarantors yep. uh, having to take responsibility for somebody they tried to help. And I know my own father used to say to me, don't you ever ask me to be a guarantor. I was two years old the first time he said that, actually. Um, but back in those days... He wasn't ga- keen. <laughs> no, most guarantors weren't in the olden days because it was a lot different to how it is today. Um, you know, 20 years ago, a guarantor was responsible for the entire debt. So if you approached mum or dad and said, oh, could you be my guarantor... Um, I need to borrow $400,000. The guarantor was responsible for $400,000 and if it went pear-shaped, it's very hard in your 50s or your 60s or your 70s to to soak up that debt. Take on another home loan, basically, when you've spent your whole life paying your own off. Precisely, yeah. So when I started broking, when I started broking, that uh, I reckon I did probably one every two years. Oh, really? So they weren't very common? No, parents were, were scared of going into so much debt, take so much responsibility. And today we do one to six a week. Oh, really? A lot easier today. Okay. The so, fear. So the tell us how gone. it's changed. So, so it used to be that your parents were probably not that keen to be helping you out with your whole home loan. Mm. 
Just just let us know how's it changed. Why has that become so much more popular? Well, it needed to, and of course the banks love to lend money, so they're always trying to find easier ways to lend money, and they realise with the property market exploding and values rising and so much harder for young people to get into the market, um, they realised here was an avenue where they could make it easier on mum and dad and enable the bank to lend more money and get the kids into the market. Absolutely. And it's called a limited guarantee. The key word is limited because what that means is the guarantee from the parents is not the entire loan. It's limited to a certain percentage of the loan. It's a, a lot smaller obligation on the parents' um, shoulders. Okay. So just explain to us, let's say a $500,000 purchase, just explain how the limited part works. So Okay. So yeah. imagine that the, the kids have got a small deposit and let's say they had to borrow $460,000 to acquire the $500,000 home. In the olden days, the conversation would be, Mum, Dad, I need to borrow 460000 Could you guarantee 460000 And Mum and Dad would be running for the Yu-Yang, so they'd be <laughs> out of town. Uh, these days, it's a lot simpler. The guarantee amount from the parents is only the amount of the loan which exceeds 80% of the value of the property. Okay. So you mentioned a five hundred thousand dollar purchase. Eighty percent of five hundred thousand is four hundred thousand. If the kid has to borrow four hundred and sixty thousand, the parents would guarantee sixty thousand. Right. So they're really only guaranteeing sixty thousand of a five hundred thousand dollar property. Correct. Great. So a lot less onerous. Um, more mums and dads are willing to do that small fraction. Yep. And very importantly, even in the olden days when I had parents say, "Look." We love Gavin, he's a good worker, he's a good saver, we trust him, we, and of course the parent knows the, the borrower, their son or daughter, better than anybody. But how do we guarantee 460000 for each of our four kids? Yeah, we've got four kids, but if we do it for one, we have to do it for the others. Plus, I'm already 52, exactly. so I can't work forever. Yeah. And they might not have even had enough equity yeah. to have done that for more than one kid. Yeah. Absolutely. These days when the guarantee might be 10000 or 50000 or or 100000 whatever that fraction is above the 80%, they can do it for multiple kids. Yep. And importantly, that guarantee is not there forever. All oh, right. So so in the old days, it basically used to be your, your signature on that loan until that loan gets paid out in 25 years' time or 30 years' time or until it gets maybe refinanced, you're stuck in it. You're the guarantee the whole time. So is that not the case anymore? Once the borrower has got the equity in their own property, we can then remove the guarantee. Okay, so once they get there, so that let's take that example we spoke about before: five hundred thousand dollars property, sixty thousand of it is is uh, the guarantee, uh, limited guarantee from the parents. So you're saying that once the uh, once the, the son or the daughter or the lender um, reduces their their loan by paying it down. Or the other way was, I suppose, is that the market goes up a little bit. Yeah. But that gap opens up and they get to the 80% themselves. Correct. So two forces that will work on building their equity. That loan going down in size yep. and the house going up in value. Now, let's take the house going up in value. That's partly in the kids' hands and partly not in their hands. Mm -hmm. So Just explain that for us. Yeah, so there's obviously external forces. Yeah, well, what's, what's out of their control is the... Economy, the property market, yep. the property market can go down. And lately, the last six years, the property market's been very robust and we've been able to get most of these guarantees off very quickly 
because of the increase in property values. Especially this last two years. I think we've gone up oh, about so 20% or something in some residential suburbs, property. Yeah. So, some, um, some suburbs more than that in Geelong. Yeah, that's big over two years, isn't it? Yeah, so that helps us to get the guarantee off sooner. Okay. That's not in the kids' hands. They can't control the economy. No. But the part that is in their hands is getting out in the garden on weekends, beautifying the property, painting the picket fence. Um, If they take responsibility for maintaining, at least maintaining or hopefully improving their property, they should build their equity faster. And especially, I suppose you'd have a lot of uh, clients, Warren, who are, yeah, they might be handymen or women or uh, tradies or something, so they might actually be able to add a lot of value to the home themselves out of their own saved cash. So, you know, the home loan's one thing, but if you can paint the place, the weatherboards and, you know, get some new window coverings up or whatever you're doing, um, that's going to add a lot of value um, if you were able to get it value down the track. Well, sometimes um, we even borrow that little bit more, uh, maybe another ten or 20000 to put that straight into the property, re-carpet it, repaint it, yep. and that extra borrowings of ten or 20000 whilst that might make the guarantee a little bit bigger to start with, yep. could add 50000 in equity straight away. Okay, that's a good idea. Especially if you've got a young person looking at a, an older home, say in, in a really nice spot maybe, and this happens a lot in Geelong, I know, same up in Ballarat, but where you, know, you might have some pockets of town that are really, really good for value, but they're a bit run down. Like a lot of the homes in there that you buy are going to be a bit run down. So and they might not even be livable. So maybe you can do a bit of that work straight away. Exactly. And if there's one thing young people have got, mate, it's energy. Yes. <laughs> a bit different to and, yourself and sometimes. And probably an incentive for the parents to get in there and help those home yeah. improvements too, knowing that that increase in capital value will get the guarantee off sooner. Yep, yep. The second way is to bring that loan down in size. That's the other way we build our 20% equity faster. Okay, yep. So, quite funny, in, in every loan interview, the young person will guarantee mum and dad they're going to make extra repayments, reduce that debt quickly. They all play that same song. Some <laughs> actually follow through with it. That's good. Good to hear. Um, so that's within their hands to some extent, and some sometimes it's not. Um if they make their extra repayments, they'll reduce their loan quicker. But what's out of their control is change in employment sometimes, job loss, especially during COVID, reduced hours, rising interest rates can reduce their ability to make extra repayments. Sure. So to a certain extent, that can come out of their, their um, um, capabilities as well. Um, so <laughs> the other thing about young people too, mate, I know this from my own son sort of, you know, getting into homes and whatever that, um, you know, it might be taken on a border in that other bedroom, you know. Get a friend to move in. You know, they might pay a uh, hundred bucks a week in rent or hundred twenty bucks a week in rent or whatever, and that might go. Well, I don't actually need that money, so I'm going to put that straight off the home loan. So, things like taking on a border or a housemate, that might be the thing that sort of assists you along the way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the parents will often jump in at this sort of point of the the interview and say, "Well, how long will it take? How long will it be before we can remove our guarantee?" And it's a question that I hate asking because, as I said, some forces are out of our control, like like the economy. Who knows? Um, Certainly in the last six years, we've gotten rid of the bulk of our guarantor loans within a couple of years. And as I mentioned, we're we're now doing one to six a week. So Mm. we're we're taking one to six a week off as well. Really? And the parents are very reassured, Gavin, um, by what Cosine Free at Mulcahy have got to offer with our review team. So okay. we do our annual reviews on every loan and over our guarantor loans, there are notes in big, bold letters, remove guarantee as soon as possible. Okay, so that's an, an aim of for your team is to say, look, we've got you into a, a loan, every happy days, child's happy, mum and dad are happy, but 
Let's review it every 12 months and let's look at getting this guarantee off as soon as we can. Correct. That's good. So you've got the team looking at that. And the parents are very reassured by that, knowing that we're going to be proactive about yep. it. So before the review, uh, and our first review on every loan is nine months after settlement and then one year and nine months, two years and nine months. So we're always ahead of the anniversary. Yep. Um, that's important. If someone's on a fixed rate, they don't want us to ring us on the day saying, oh, your fixed rate finished today, what should we do next? We'll be 10 to 12 weeks ahead of the anniversary. Oh, that's good. So it gives you an opportunity, I suppose, to, if they're going to refinance or if they're going to do something, gives you an opportunity to get all that together and get it submitted in such a way the bank would like. And planning together yep. and being ahead of the game. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and the banks don't do that for customers. And, yep. and sadly, not, not a lot of brokers do it either, but that's our point of difference. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's something that I've invested in very heavily Yep. In, in that team because it's unpaid work. The, you know, part of the review is to get the guarantees off and part of it is to get the client's rates reduced and no bank's going to pay us for doing that to reduce no. their profits. Um, so that's an unpaid... And we don't certainly do not charge the client a fee to do that either. That's, yep. that's a free ongoing service yep. and that's why we've got such a large, loyal uh, customer base. But prior to the review, uh, we'll do our research on the client's property. We'll identify what the value of the property is today... Uh, we'll investigate uh, what the loan balance is and then we call and we discuss, is this the time now where we could potentially remove that guarantee? Okay, yep, yep. So parents, again, are very reassured. And, and I, I keep saying parents, the guarantor doesn't have to be parents. Well, I was going to ask, one of the things I had written down here, Warren, actually, was can it be a grandparent, can it be a godparent, a friend, could it be a sibling? Some people have got siblings that are 15 years older than them. So can it be anybody or not? It can't be anybody, uh, Probably five or six years ago, we had a lender who would allow anybody to do it. And uh, I even had one loan where an employer who loved their employees so much was a willing guarantor. Oh, right. But, but these days, it, it usually has to be immediate family. Right. Um, one of the reasons you would use a good broker over a good bank manager is the good bank manager doesn't have options. The good bank manager's got one set of policies for his or her bank. Uh, guarantor loans, limited guarantees, family pledges, it's the same thing, vary from bank to bank. Right, so there's rules. There's not necessarily an industry set of rules that every bank or lender runs by. They can all sort of have a little bit of flexibility in there, can they? Correct. So our preferred lender for a family pledge loan, we use the example of buying a home for 500000 borrowing 460000 80% of the value of the property is 400000 which made the parents guarantee 60000 At some banks, they put a buffer on top. Oh, right. So if you went to the Westpac group, they'll actually put a little bit of a buffer on top at Bank of Melbourne, Westpac. Um, the preferred lender that I have, a major bank, it is dollar for dollar. Whatever dollar is borrowed above the 80% is the guarantee amount. Right. So the size of the guarantee will vary from bank to bank. Um, and what they'll be willing to loan as a... As a guarantee, yeah, well, correct. Will vary, so that's. I suppose it comes back to that that sort of thing we always say too, Warren. Isn't it about why you use a broker over a bank? It's because you've got a wider knowledge of all the products available rather than just what that current bank is offering. And as you you often say, Warren, people like to be you know loyal to their bank. Oh, I've been with Bank of Melbourne for years since I was a kid. My parents have Bank of Melbourne since they were kids. It doesn't mean that you should just be stuck to whatever they're doing because what they're doing might not suit your situation. Exactly. We can go to one restaurant and have a good steak. We can go to another restaurant and have a bad steak. 
But the banks are selling the same stake as cash. Yeah, yeah. And cash yeah. is cash. Yeah, yeah. So don't pay more for that cash than you need to. Yes, exactly. You know, and you work very hard. We all work very yeah. hard to earn our money. And a good broker will save you money. Yes. So you know, take again, um, some banks will actually explore what the parent's borrowing capacity is. If they're going to be guarantor, they'll want to see could the parent or, or whoever the guarantor is, sibling, um, afford to pay off that guarantee if the loan went pear-shaped. So some banks will want to know how much the guarantor earns, Income. how much they spend. Yep. What Let's get your tax returns in there if you're self-employed. Yeah. Yeah, you start the dance of how much paperwork can I put together. Yeah, and, and I like to think uh, if a parent's willing to support their son or daughter as a guarantor, Let's get the kids a great loan, of course, that's priority one, but let's make this as easy on the guarantor as possible. Yep. So my preferred lender, um, there's probably half a dozen different lenders we use for a family pledge loan, but my number one preferred doesn't need to know what the guarantor earns, spends, owns or owes. I don't need to see tax returns because right. that bank's got a common sense approach. Mum and dad are not paying this loan off. The kids are. Yeah. So, because that's an important element too. That you know, if that if that loan extra guaranteed amount is an extra sixty dollars a week, the parents aren't paying that. You've still got the, the, the child is still or the lender is still paying that, aren't they? So it's just that they're guaranteeing it you know, exactly. basically on paper. They're yeah. basically giving a good reference to their kids that they're going yeah. to do the right thing by putting their bricks and mortar up on the line. That's a that's a pretty good reference for the bank. Yeah, exactly. So the bank yeah. says we don't need to know what you earn, spend, own, or owe. We're going to interrogate your kids and make sure they're good to make the repayments. Yes. It doesn't cost the parent anything. Right. Maybe a few sleepless nights are my kids paying their mortgage. Or those or those hard conversations like, hang on, you're going to Bali for a holiday. Hang on, let's get this yeah. let's get this loan off first, this guarantee off first. But yeah, as you say, that's good that you've sort of got some lenders in your back pocket there, Warren, that can actually sort of maybe not put the parents through the ringer. And I think that's what that a mountain of paperwork. That's the thing that puts a lot of people off Absolutely. loans in general, isn't it? You know, they go, oh, yeah, but they're going to want to – I'm going to have to fill out this budget form. That's 10 pages. And then there's this other thing. And if I'm self-employed, I need to get, my, you know, Australian tax office, you know, returns in. So that can be a real put-off. Yeah. Gavin, I do chuckle inside quite often when the parents come into the appointment. They don't know me yet – and all over their face, they come in with their arms folded, and all over their face is, Browning. what are you getting me into? <laughs> and they think the guarantor loans are still the same as they were 20 years ago, where they're going to have to guarantee hundreds of thousands of dollars. For 30 years. Yes, yeah. and as yeah. I explain, it's not forever. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. It's a small part of the loan. Um, their arms unfold, they start to smile, and 99.9% .9 of parents go ahead with it. And the reason is... They're really just vouching for the kid's character. Yeah, yeah. And the parents know the borrower better than the broker does, better than the bank does, and they wouldn't have attended the interview if they didn't trust their kids. Yes, yep. And, and trust them from a point of view of, oh, yeah, look, they're, they're, they've got their full-time job or whatever they're doing, they're going to be okay for the money. I can trust that they're going to do this before they throw it up against the wall doing something else. So. And I'll often say to the parents, now, if you don't trust them, you should not do this. And nearly every time they jump down my throat, oh, we trust them. And of course they do because they wouldn't be here in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I've raised them yeah. right, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> but then that, that brings the next, the next part of the conversation I have with the parents. Well, that's great that you trust your kids and you, you have the equity, you're willing to do this. 
What about the unforeseen? Okay, unforeseen. What are we talking about there? Yeah, well, their face looks at me quizzically like something the parents usually haven't thought of. Sadly, and it doesn't matter what age you are in this world, the unforeseen occurs. And sadly, it's the cancers, job losses, um, stroke. We've had young clients have strokes. Yep. And the parents say, oh, I didn't think of that. Well, that's where we come in with our professional advice regarding mortgage protection insurance. Okay. And it's not expensive for young people, particularly young people who don't smoke. It's less than a cup of coffee a day. Yep, yep. And there's that insurance policy there in case of the worst thing happens. Correct. This podcast, too, our listeners will uh, remember, Warren, that we've spoken to a lot of the financial planning guys over the time about income protection insurance. Mm. So, and why you would do that and that it gives you the comfort to know that if if I have a stroke, my family's still going to eat, they're still going to have to live in the house that I'm paying the mortgage for. So this is very similar to that, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, you know, the young ones never think it's going to happen to them. And unfortunately, with 25 years in this, this game, um, I've got some a, a book of sad stories where young people did have that unfortunate turn in their life. Yep, yep. So I say to the parents, I can't make them take mortgage protection insurance, but if I was their guarantor, like yep. you're going to be, yeah. I'd insist on it. Yep. And, and parents appreciate that we're covering their butt as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think too... Warren, I'm a big believer in sort of people spend whatever they earn in a lot of ways. So that cup of coffee a day, if that means, okay, well, I need to put 30 bucks a week to something else, this insurance policy, to make sure my parents can sleep at night, make sure I can sleep at night. I, I might be really active in adventure sports or something. I think, well, I'm a half chance of getting hurt from time to time. So, um, it, you know, you just got to adjust your spending. You know, exactly. I think sometimes you look at policies like that and go, oh, do I need to worry about that? But in a lot of ways, if it's, if it's sort of the idea of having one less cocktail at the pub once a week, well, you can probably do that. Well, yeah. It's not only that. Quite often the clients will say to me, oh, we did go and speak to our bank first. You know, I've been a dollar mite, a dollar mite since prep, so I went and spoke to my bank first. And I'll ask them what rate and, what, and I'll work out the repayments at that bank. It's very, very common where the, the loan that we'll get for our clients, because we're acting their best interests and we're, yep. we're getting them the most competitive loans, will be cheaper than their bank buy enough to cover the cost of the insurance. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, there you that go. Ha- that happens a lot. So, yeah. you, so your, repayments, well. your repayments at your bank are going to be 460 a week. We're going to do this for 420 a week at the other bank. That pays for your insurance. Is the 40 bucks a week. There it is. Yeah. And, and a Perfect. cup of coffee as well. Yeah, and you still get to drink, you drink your coffee or your cocktail yeah. one, once a week at the pub. Hey, um, Warren, I had a couple of questions about it that I've just written down as we've been talking. So is there a need for the parents lender to be the exact same lender as the as the child like does that have to be the same lender or not no it doesn't um in some ways it's a lot simpler a lot smoother if we use the parents bank yep um but most often we will use a different bank if there's a substantial financial benefit okay yeah like a much lower rate or exactly And, and the parents will be happier the lower the rate we can get for their children the the easier the repayments are and the less chance of something going wrong Yes. So we very frequently will do the kids' loan at a different uh, bank to the parents. Yep. Um, most of our guarantors, the parents will have a mortgage still. Sometimes sometimes it'll be a small loan, but we don't have a lot of parents who have got an unencumbered property, an unencumbered title. Yep. So it's, it's quite a simple process. Um, the bank that we take the kids to approach mum and dad's bank. They seek their consent to put a mortgage on. Um, 
mum and dad's bank doesn't care because the kids' bank is second in line. Oh, right. So in, in the worst-case scenario, if they need to come and reclaim the property, yeah, um, they still get their property first. Yeah, mum and dad's bank are at the front of the queue. They get what they need. They don't care who's behind them. Yeah. So that, that's called doing a registered second mortgage. It's, it's very simple, and yep. uh, we do plenty of those. So we certainly don't um, interfere with mum and dad's loan unless mum and dad want us to get them a better rate. Sometimes that happens too. Oh, really? So you kind of start this process of the child's well, loan and all of a sudden the parents are yeah, so at a much better deal. The parents, <laughs> the parents, when they're happy to help their kids as guarantors, they're not so happy when they see their kids have got a half percent better rate than they've got. Yes. So sometimes they will refinance. We do it all at one lender. Yeah, um, okay. But very frequently we'll just sit behind the parents' bank and not right. interfere with that loan. So the answer is, yeah, it doesn't need to be the same lender, although sometimes it is. Easy. Yeah, yeah perfect. Nice one. Um, I suppose the thing about uh, – the other question I had written down here was that um, you were talking about the, the loan coming down, in uh, being paid down, so and the property value going up. So hopefully over time you get the 20%. What happens on the odd occasion if you don't get to 20% and then something happens in the people's lives and they need to get rid of the guarantee? What are the options then? Yeah. So let's say it, they can't wait the four years or the five years to get that guarantee off through normal, mm. that 20% opens up. Yeah, what happens then? Are there other options? In 25 years, I've had one of those happen. Oh, right. So yeah. that's a good question yeah. I've come up with. It is. And it was a <laughs> young young fellow who uh, I've known since six years of age. He was a, a school friend of my son's. Oh, nice. And he rang, rang me up one day and he said, mum and dad have got to come off. And... I knew not to ask why. I could see that it must have been a sensitive issue. Um, he did not have his 20% equity. So I hadn't quite got there yet. No. no. But fortunately for him, he did have 10% equity. Okay. So yep. we were able to refinance his loan. He did have to pay the lender's mortgage insurance because we were now borrowing 90% of the value of the property. And, of course, 80% is the limit. So anything yep. under 80, you don't pay lender's mortgage insurance, but anything Correct. over, you do. Yep. Yep. So... Um, when I first did his loan, he borrowed about 98, 99% of the value of the property. He wouldn't have even got the loan without the help of his parents. So he was very thankful that because of his parents' assistance with a family pledge loan, they got him into the market. For whatever reason, they needed to come off. Maybe he was sick and tired of mum and dad saying every, every Tuesday night at dinner, when's this mortgage coming off? Yes. Um, and we were able to do that. He paid his LMI which was a lot less at 90% than it would have been above 90%. And uh, he moved forward as a solo traveller again and, yep. and parents were relieved of their responsibilities. Um, and maybe maybe by then, by a couple of years down the track, he was earning a bit more in his job. He maybe saved a little bit more money as well. And then that, yeah, that sort of taking on that 95% uh, or that 90% loan, it was manageable for him, like as he'd been paying it the whole time anyway. Yeah, he, he was willing to take all that on. Yeah. yeah, and in actual fact, last week we got his loan approved for the third time. He's onto his a much bigger property now, and he wouldn't be where he is today in a, in a substantial property with a lot of equity if it hadn't have been for that leg up that his parents gave to him about 10 years ago. Oh, right. So, so that's a good way of thinking about it because the property market always moves, as we all know. You know, the property market goes up over a period of time. So the idea of buying now rather than in three years when you do have your 20% saved up and you didn't get the leg up from mum and dad um, versus, oh, let's buy it today, get the leg up, get them paid out in that three years, but I've actually owned the property for three years, so I've got that capital growth over yes. those three years. So, And that over the last two years, 
you know, that we've all seen that, you know, the property market does spike sometimes and property values do go up. So, um, some t- like, we've all got stories-wise, haven't we, of I, I should never have sold that house or it's just gone up by so much, it's tripled since I used to have it or whatever. Guys our age start to look back and go, oh, I should never have sold that property. But this oh. is what happens. Property just goes up and the earlier you can get in, the better. Exactly. Gosh, my first property was in uh, 1986, an ocean view block of land at Jan Juck for $9,000. I wish I still had that one, Gavin. Nine grand. <laughs> Nine, Nine grand. It was actually 10, 10,000, but they gave me 10% discount for cash. Oh, really? <laughs> $9,000. Yeah. That's a cracker. Absolutely. Oh, man. See, what would that be worth? Now, we're not talking triple there. We're talking, you know, oh, gosh. by, by time, times that by about 50, and it might be. It might be getting close. Probably a hundred. I think everyone's <laughs> got those stories, and even like, um, uh, you know, my my pet hate mate actually is you, you have dinner with some friends, and they say, "Oh, we were lucky with this uh, block. We got in early." Like I hate that because I go, "Well, I didn't get in early. You got in early. You got all the extra equity out of it." So that's in, in a lot of ways that's what we're talking about. We're talking about get into the proper property market earlier, so that you can realise a bit of capital growth, and you don't end up in this situation where. You're waiting, waiting, waiting until I've got all the money, um, until you've got your savings. So, yeah. um, quick question I've got for you, Warren. So, how much in savings would someone need to get started in any of this that we're talking about today, which is the sort of um, family pledge loans or limited guarantees? Well, as I said before, every bank's got different policies, and some banks do like to see that the young ones have saved a little bit, even if they've got a family pledge loan. Yep, support of mum and dad behind them. But um, many banks, you don't need any savings at all. So I actually got a young lady into her first home with the support of her parents with a family pledge loan, and she only had $200 in her bank account. Right, so she didn't have the big 5% deposit or 10% deposit at all. Now, now some listeners might think, oh, you've got to be kidding. Why would you be getting a young girl into a mortgage you can only save $200 but you need to understand the whole story she must have wasted all of her money Warren or, she must have wasted everything thrown it up against the wall it's about telling the bank the, st- the story the yes. true story so this young lady had stable employment she'd paid off her car loan so she now owned a $35,000 car outright which she paid off quickly yep. she paid off her study loan and that explained why she didn't have savings but she had good credit character because she got rid of the debts that she, yes. she had Yep. So that explained why she didn't have a big credit card debt or anything like that. So exactly. Yeah. So So sometimes there are reasons why you've only got two hundred dollars in the bank because you've maybe spent all your time getting rid of your debt that's incurring interest. Exactly. And she'd done the responsible thing. She cleared her debts, but that meant she had no savings behind her. Right. But she was ready to get into a property. Yeah. Yep. And her parents typically knew her better than the broker, knew her better than the bank. They put their bricks and mortar up. And she was able to borrow up to 107% of the value of the property. Oh, wow. So even to cover things like legal costs and... Conveyancing. Yep, conveyancing and... Stamp duties. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Okay. So even a first home buyer has got some stamp duties to pay. So a lot of first home buyers are surprised by that. So I'm a first home buyer. I don't pay stamp duties. There are actually three government duties and up to $600,000 purchase price in regional Victoria... The big stamp duty is waived 100%, but there's still two little stamp duties to pay. Yep. So most first home buyers have got costs of about five or $6,000. Uh, with a limited guarantee, a family pledge loan, uh, with a parent's support, you can borrow the full purchase price plus all your costs. And for the bank, I suppose, people, listeners maybe listen to this going, 
how? Why would the bank say yes to that? It's because they've got the guarantee back here of this other property that might have, parents might have $600,000 worth of equity in their own home. So they're, they're saying, well, even though we're second in the queue, we're still going to get some money out of it. So, yeah, that's probably why they're, you know, that's why this kind of thing's um, achievable these days. And as you said at the start, Warren, banks are happy to lend money. That's how they make, that's how they, what their business is. So long as the borrower meets the three important criteria, credit character, so no defaults on the credit report, you know, and there's a number of things that make up credit character. Yep. Equity, the parents are going to supply the equity. Yep. And income, which is stable employment and enough earnings to pay the bills and pay the mortgage. Yes. If you've got those three foundations, yep. then the bank's happy to lend. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. When you talk about it in simple terms like that, like a one, two, three, why wouldn't the bank want to do it for you? So, um, There can be an issue, Gav. When, when the client, like this young lady, says, well, I've only got $200 and I can, I can get the funding for her to pay for the house and the costs, but at the time of signing her contract, she's going to need a deposit. So, okay. Yeah, so that's so a how does that work? Yeah. Oh, there's a couple of ways we navigate that. And again, you know, this is the service that a professional mortgage broker is there to solve all these, all these problems that poke their heads up. Um, the different solutions when the borrower says, well, I don't have any savings and the, the real estate agent now wants me to put 10% in their trust account. Um, to some, secure the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah on sign, fair enough. On signing of the contract. Yep. Um, sometimes the parents will have the cash. And then on settlement, get the cash back. we give the cash back to the parents because we've borrowed the full purchase price plus costs. Sure. But if they don't have the cash, then we revert to a deposit bond. And at Cosine Free Home Loans, we've got a couple of companies where we can obtain a deposit bond. And, okay. and, and that's not only for people who have guarantors. Um, we, we have clients who've got plenty of equity in their home but no savings that they can put their hands on. Yep. Um, and this covers... Uh, in lieu of a cash deposit. It's a promise by an insurance company yep. that if something goes wrong and the borrower uh, or the buyer uh, breaches their purchase contract, the insurance company will then pay the cash deposit to the seller and the borrower pays a small fee to get that bond. Yep, so a deposit bond is almost like a short-term insurance policy until from the signing of the contract until settlement of the property. Correct. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Yep. So in lieu of cash... Yeah, and, and it comes at a small cost, you said. Small cost, yeah. yeah. The insurance company won't do it for free, of course. Yeah. And, um, the vendor's got nothing to worry about because... It's guaranteed. Yeah. It's a deposit bond. If, yeah. if the buyer puts cash down and breaches their contract, they lose their cash deposit. Yep. If the buyer puts a deposit bond down and breaches their purchase contract, the insurance company will pay the cash to the seller yep. and then chase the buyer for that cash. Yes. So it's as good as cash. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. That's a good way. And, yeah, I, I definitely didn't know before today's um, uh, podcast, mate, that uh, – and hopefully our listeners learn a bit from this too – but the fact that you didn't, you don't necessarily need your big deposit if you've got your – that's one benefit of the, the family helping out with a guarantee, um, but also that the guarantee is no longer the full length of the loan. That's a real – and it's only you know, limited, as you say, is just one section of the loan. So some really good takeaways from all that, mate. You know, I think there's a lot there's a lot there for people to take in. I think it's one of those episodes people really listen to and get a lot from. We get so many calls, and I, I really hope um, it fills in a lot of gaps for the parents because one of the hardest parts is for the kids to get their parents to the comp- to the table to have the conversation. Yep. Um, and still today, most parents are not aware just how much easier it is. Yep. It doesn't cost them anything. Yep. It gets their kids into the market. It saves them the lender's mortgage insurance, which 
on average, is about $15,000 for most of our borrowers. And we've spoken about that in our, in our other episode, that it's the, you know, we probably all believe it's the biggest reward ever ever come out, but it's got to be payable and it's just money in the bin, yep. isn't it, in a lot of ways. so. And, and the banks, they do all the, the data, they know the numbers. They know with their guarantor loans, very, very, very few of them fall over. Yep. So they're, they're happy to make it easy because they know it's a safe bet because it gets right back down to the guarantor who's putting their bricks and mortar up wouldn't do it if they didn't know and trust the person they're doing it for. Yeah, yeah which is a sibling or a yeah. son or a daughter or whoever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. And it looks like just rolling over some of the other things too, one that we spoke at. So it's things like um, got to be an immediate family member yes. um, as well. Um, but, yeah, it can really, really assist with that um, – Getting to that twenty percent, which is let's get rid of LMI. Let's uh, let's put a little picket picket sign up to say no more LMI. I'd be happy with that, mate. I think it, most people would be. Um, and great too. I just want to finish off with it's great that your team are proactive to get that guarantor off over the period of time. So that's in your twelve monthly um, reviews that you do because I think that's the thing that some parents will get worried about. Oh. The kids will just forget that this is even there, you know, and then we forget, and then all of a sudden one day something happens and it's still there. Um, they've actually got you guys in the background looking at their loan every twelve months with the big bold letters on it saying, "Let's get rid of this guarantor." So. Yeah, the banks allow us to do valuations on properties upfront these days. Yep. Uh, when I started broking, we'd have to submit an application. When the bank was keen to lend the money, they would then pay for evaluation to be done. These days, we can order evaluation straight away. Yep, okay. So very often before our review, we've done all our research. So when we make the call to the client for their annual review, we know the value of their house. Okay, yep. We can see their loan balance because we get a report monthly on every client yep. and we will always instigate and be proactive about removing that guarantee. Yeah, perfect. Um, and as you say, like you guys are the ones that have got your head in the numbers all day long, so you sort of do understand that as professionals, you know. Um that's great, mate. That's a really insightful episode. I think um, family pledge loans or limited guarantees, we're calling them, so or the industry calls them, is um, it's a really interesting topic. And I think it's something that, um, you know, anyone listening, um, pass the information on to anyone in your family that you think would help. Would It would assist. It's certainly going to help this next generation get into their first home, which I think we've all understand in the last few years it's getting harder and harder to get into that property market. Um, in fact, I've got a few conversations I've had with friends over the last few years, people saying, oh, look, they'll never own a house or they'll never own their own property. But with these sort of things happening in the background and with the right broker, um, you can make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Warren, for episode 41 of the FS360 podcast. I really appreciate your time. Well, always a pleasure, Gavin. Thank you. Thanks, mate. mate. And if anyone out there um, wants to have a chat about family pledge loans or limited guarantees, come and see the Cos I'm Free guys, um, part of the Mulcahy Group here at the Geelong office. So... Thanks, Warren. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. All the best. You too. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.